This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So talking about freedom, I was reflecting on it. There are all these aspects. There's freedom from, there's freedom to, there's freedom for. And so I actually organized my talk a little bit (laughs) because of that. Um, I guess I think about freedom because here it is, the 4th of July coming up, and we're all celebrating and watching fireworks and doing whatever we're doing, celebrating the freedom that this country represents, even though we know that neither the story nor the reality are completely free. So having acknowledged that, the story is still important. It's a pivotal story, just like the story of the Exodus is a pivotal story for the Jewish people. It may not be true in, in most of the uh, details of it, but it's a story that has stayed in the consciousness and is a guiding story. And when we, when we study it from a metaphysical point of view, rather than did this literally happen, there is great wisdom that we can gain from it. And so we can take a story like the Revolutionary War and the Declaration of Independence and all of that, and without arguing about how much of it was actually true or should they or should they have not done this, we can gain great wisdom. And so if we look at it as a story of freedom from oppression, it has powerful wisdom in it. The story that we are told is that the British Empire was an oppressive empire, taking away from the people in this country what they felt was rightfully theirs, ignoring the fact of what they were taking away from the people who actually lived here. That's still the story that was their consciousness at the time. For us, we have stories of how we are oppressed, how there are others who are keeping from us the freedom, the rights that we desire. And each one of us has our own stories of what that may be. There are There's a man who I read about, his name is Shaka Senghor. Shaka Senghor grew up in Detroit. He was one of five children. His dad worked for the government. His mom was a stay-at-home mom who was violent. And the children, she took it out on the children. He was a straight-A student. He aspired to be a doctor. He came home one day when his, um, he had an A-plus on his report card. He was excited, and he thought, oh, you know, mom's going to be happy, because he didn't know what would make her happy or not happy. And he told her, he's got this A-plus, and she threw a pot at him that shattered the tile wall behind him. So this is, gives you an idea of what he grew up with. There are many people in our country and in our world who are growing up in states of profound trauma. 
And some of them are here in this room. And, and that trauma is, is forming how they believe they have opportunity in this world. What happened for Shaka after, after that incident, that his parents who had never gotten along and had had lots of fights and continued to fight, they got divorced. And, and he was just so bereft with everything that was going on in his young life that he ended up taking to the streets. And he found approval there. He found community there. Unfortunately, he found it in a setting where they were doing very destructive, violent things. But he knew violence, and so it wasn't so hard for him to imagine how to be part of that. It finally led to a point where <clears throat> he murdered somebody, and he went to prison. And so he was not free. He had not been free inside himself. He had been oppressed by his mother. And now he felt oppressed by the system, <clears throat> even though, you know, we might say, <coughs> excuse me, even though we might say he deserved it because he had murdered somebody, he didn't necessarily feel that way. He just was locked in a story of oppression. He was locked up in a story that he had no freedom, no rights, no love. And he spent about seven years in prison in and out of solitary confinement, just getting into all the things you hear about that happen in prison, all the violence that is available there. And one day he got a letter from his son. Somewhere along the line, he had fathered a child, and this son wrote to him and said, Dear Daddy, please don't murder anymore. God will take care of you. God is, God is watching over you. And there was something about the innocence of that child's letter that shifted something inside of him. And he said to himself, I will not let this be the legacy I leave my son. And he began to meditate. He began to take advantage of the educational opportunities that were there in that prison. He turned his life around. When he was released from prison, years later, he became a vocal advocate for prison reform. He went around talking to young people and telling them about their choices. He taught classes at the University of Michigan. He authored two books. He was a fellow at the MIT Media Group. He made something beautiful of his life. He found purpose. But he started from a place of believing that he was oppressed. And truly, he was. As a child, he was literally oppressed. 
but somehow he grew from that. He began to recognize in prison that there were oppressors within him that he had to overcome. And that is true for each one of us. We have inner oppressors that we need to overthrow. That we have oppressors like the, our fears, the fear of failure. I would do this except I'm afraid. I'm afraid I won't succeed. I'm afraid I will succeed. I'm afraid people will make fun of me. I'm afraid people won't like what I'm doing. I'm afraid I won't be good enough at it. I'm afraid I'm not worthy of it. These fears that we cart along with us from wherever they have their origin are oppressors because they are stopping us from being who we came here to be. We, we are oppressed by our limiting beliefs. I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I'm not good enough. It's so easy to imagine this. I remember when I first had a call to be a minister, thinking that, well, I really feel like this is something that is coming from within, that, that I'm being called to, but I don't, I don't think I could do it. I don't know how I would do it. And I remember I was watching um, a concert with Tina Turner, and she was singing, I get by with a little help from my friends. And I listened to that song and I thought, well, I could do a talk on that. And then I was in the car the next day and I had Johnny Lang blasting on the radio and one of his songs was coming and I thought, I could do a song on that. And I mean, not a song, <laughs> trust me, not a song. I could do a talk on that. <laughs> and, and I realized, oh, you know, the help will be provided. But I couldn't see yet what that would look like. I had no idea. I could not have imagined this at that time. But I had to break through from the oppression of the fears that said, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't know how. And for each one of us, we have at every stage along the line, there's the next thing that's emerging. Something that we feel inside of us, yeah, I should do that. But we tell ourselves we can't. We're not always living in that space, but we have lived in that space. It's almost like a developmental stage that we need to go through culturally. And the important thing is for us to realize that it's an oppressor that we must overthrow. All the unhealed stuff that we carry with us, I talked about the trauma, whether it's some big trauma that you had, or it's, you know, trauma isn't a competition. So you can't say, oh, well, they had it so much worse than I did, so mine doesn't count. Yours is whatever yours is, whatever hand you were dealt in life. If you haven't done the work, if you haven't 
healed that. It's still tied to you and it is oppressing you. It is preventing you from being who you came here to be. And then there's just the, since we were two, nobody's gonna tell me what to do. We'd like to think we have outgrown our two-year-old stance, but in truth, just let somebody tell you you have to do anything, right? Even when we do the offering time, you know, we just do pretzel kind of gymnastics up here, trying to find a way to communicate to you that it's important for you to contribute to us because this is a community, it belongs to all of us, and, and we need money to function. And we want to say that without, without raising the hackles of, you telling me I have to give? <laughs> you know, that's just one example. But there's, there's all kinds of other things that come up that we get into that space of nobody's telling me what to do. I'm going to do the opposite. Like Groucho Marx once said, whatever it is, I'm against it. <laughs> that belief is an oppressor. It's an oppressor. There's a cost to freedom. Those who are serving in the military, they're giving the cost of their lives when they're fighting for freedom. But whatever kind of freedom we want, we have to pay a price. Freedom isn't free, so to speak. We have to pay for it. And we pay for it by doing things like holding fast to our dreams, whatever they may be, not letting them go because it seems too hard, but holding fast, believing in our dreams, believing in ourselves. We pay for them by telling the truth. What is my truth? It's, it's easy to blame an oppressor, a boss, a spouse, a friend, who we feel is not treating us well. But we don't speak up and say, this is my truth, in a way that they can hear. Sometimes we have to do it more than once. And that can be hard. If you've been raised to be safe, by keeping your mouth shut, and many of us were, then speaking up and saying what is truth when it will make someone uncomfortable is hard. It's the price that we have to pay. We have to set boundaries. We can't say, you're oppressing me, you keep doing this, you're abusing me in certain ways, and we don't set a boundary. And it's frightening to set boundaries. But we have to do that. We have to set boundaries with others. We have to set boundaries with ourselves. I can't say my job is exhausting me if I don't set any boundaries and take time for myself. 
And that's not always easy because there's always more job, at least in ministry. I don't know about your jobs, but in my job, there's always more I could be doing. And, and I feel like I should be doing, and I want to be doing. And it's hard for me to just stop. And, and then if I take too much time, then I tell myself, you know, oh, you're not working hard enough. And it's like, where did that belief come from? That's an oppressive belief. And each one of you has your own. Because if you were completely free, completely evolved, you probably would be done now. And you would have moved on to the next plane. So if you're here and you're still breathing, you probably still have some work to do. The other thing we have to do is we have to stand together. Because freedom isn't just individual. It's for everyone. So we stand together with our earth. We stand together with all peoples. We stand together with each other. That's why in our mission statement, we started with, we stand together. Because we don't create what we want to create all by ourselves. We create something worthy all by ourselves but something that is big enough to be worth coming here onto this planet at this time requires us to stand together. So freedom from the oppressors without and within has a cost. And why do we pay that? for the freedom to, the freedom essentially to be the one we came here to be. I mean, we want freedom to do this, to do that, all those do's, but really it's about the freedom to be the one we came here to be. And the key in that is in the word one. Because if we remember that who we really are is one with the one, the holy good, the all, the source, when we remember we are one with that, then we also begin to remember the power that is ours. Like the power of imagination, for example. Remember, Bobby Kennedy said, you see things as they are and ask why. I see things as they are not and ask why not. We are here to be dreamers, to dream a new world, a more evolved world that we are here to birth into being. And we cannot do that if we are still under the thumb of the oppressors from within. So we stand together. And there are tools, there are three tools. Commitment. If we are not committed to this, it's not gonna happen. Discipline. It takes discipline and sacrifice. Those are the three. 
Discipline is what Shaka Sangar adopted in prison. For him, it was the discipline of meditation. And that's a discipline that many of us take on. Or do we? Is it a, an occasional thing? Oh, maybe today I'll meditate. Or is it a practice? It's discipline. You commit to something, and you, then you have discipline to do it. When it's uncomfortable, which it often is. Because only in the discipline do we find the fruit that comes from it. We have to sacrifice. It's not easy to do this. We have to sacrifice, for one thing, our old stories of limitation. That's a big one to sacrifice. You think about the river, we can learn so much from the earth. The river flows so freely, and it's such, it's such a wonderful metaphor for us, a teacher of what freedom looks like. But how does the river get to be free? What did you say? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> well, <laughs> practice, 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 perhaps. But really, it's the riverbed. The riverbed is what allows the water in the river to run freely. It's restriction. If you think, if you're in a committed relationship, a committed relationship doesn't always feel good if you haven't noticed. <laughs> but, but it's the commitment that you make that allows you to grow if you will use it in that way. And you find sweetness that you could not have found. It's funny, I was listening to just the random playlist on my phone on my way here, and, and there was a song about some woman about like, why do you keep looking elsewhere? Why wasn't that first kiss enough for you? When you felt something, why didn't you stay in it? You have to keep looking. Maybe there's something out there, something out there. And we're kind of like that sometimes, aren't we? We, we have something that's wonderful right here. It might be a relationship. It might be a community like this. And then something happens that we don't like. I mean, that's like the story of life. Something is going to happen that we don't like. And when that happens, if we run the other way and we say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the way that person looked at me. I don't like the, I don't like the talk they gave that day. I don't like that they said the word God, or I don't like, you know, whatever it might be. Whatever the group we are in. If we use that as a reason to move on, then we don't get to stay in the game and earn what could be there for us. We are here to be the ones. There's an emergent field. You know, it's, it's a funny thing with dreams. Like I was talking about my dream to be a minister, and... You know, all I was doing was focusing on the talk. Could I manage to come up with a talk again and again? You know, that, I, I just didn't have really any concept beyond that. And it was only 
in stepping into it, as I moved along, I, more was revealed. And I kept getting to grow into the more. And that's true whatever our dreams are. We can't see them fully. We can't see the world that we long for. We know bits and pieces. We want justice for all. We want a world that works for everyone, including the earth. We want a dream, our dream in unity. Our mission statement is to create a global ecosystem which implies that it works for the earth, but it works for everybody. We want something where there is unity, not all this separation, but oneness, and people know that and they feel it. They don't approach people as the other. Strangers are friends we just haven't met yet. That's the world we want, unity. Deep wisdom. All, all the, the teachings that we have heard as we've studied spiritually. We want that wisdom available to all and practiced by all. Not just, oh, I read the book, check. We, we want that alive. And loving kindness, oh, how we want that. That's our mission here. That's what we're committed to. You know, there's all different ideas on what a mission statement should be. And I don't know if we got it right. You know, how do you measure? How do you measure if you did it? People ask, and I don't know, a global ecosystem, that's hard to measure. But I think we measure it with stories. We measure it with knowing within. And, and what's important to me is that this is our intention, that we're putting our life energy in so many ways into this as a community and as individuals who make up this community. Because this is the dream that we want, and it's an emergent field, so by definition, we don't know what it will look like. We get glimpses, we get visions, but our task is to move forward toward that, to be freedom fighters, to move toward the good that is the truth of who we are. All of us. So what can you do? What can you do? You can know who you are. You are the one expressing in this beautiful color, flavor, texture, form that you are occupying in this world. Our expressions are different, but our identity is the same. We are the one. You can know that. You can know what dreams are coming through you and hold to them with faith. You can overthrow the oppression of your limited thinking. You can stand together with this community and with all people and with the earth. You can make choices that are in alignment 
with the good that we aspire to bring forth into this world. You can contribute to this community, to this world, with your time, with your talents, and with your treasures. You are here to bring us all into a place of freedom, a place where all of us can experience unity, deep wisdom, and loving kindness. You are not a spare part. Every one of us together is essential. Whether this is the first time you have showed up here or whether you've been here from day one. Whether you are young on the planet or seasoned, you are important. We stand together. We are here to be the ones we came to be. So I'm going to invite you into a meditation now to reflect on that. Who have you come here to be? What is oppressing you? What belief? What experience? What old story? What is it that you need to do to overthrow that oppression? What is the dream that you need to stand for and bring into form? Let's spend some time in meditation doing that. 